Welcome to Passports and Postcards, where we discuss everything travel, from cultural inspirations to exciting destinations and everything in between. With your host, Randall McKeown. Welcome to Passports and Postcards. I'm pleased to welcome to the show today, Orla Killeen, Sales Executive in Royal Irish Tours. Orla grew up in the west of Ireland and has a degree in both geography and media. Orla has lived and worked in Canada since 2018. Welcome to the show, Orla. How are you today? Thank you, Randall. Good, I'm good. I'm very, very happy to be here, and we've got sunshine outside, as you said, so it's nice to, nice to know that we're going to have sunshine now for the next couple of months. I was getting quite tired of the snow. I hear you actually I actually put on shorts for the first time today, so... Uh... It is nice and warm, and I'm looking forward to a nice spring, nice summer, and hopefully it's a long summer. So, Orla, you are here in Canada, and you are representing Royal Irish Tours. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you really got into the travel business? Yeah, sure. So, as you said, I have been here in Canada, based in Ontario, since 2018, Um, so going Back a couple of years before that, I did grow up um, on the west of Ireland in a very, very small little rural village. Um, I mean, a proper small village. Um, but one thing you will find when you go to Ireland, and I'm sure you can attest to this, every village will have at least four pubs, it'll have a church, it'll have a primary school, it might not have a secondary school, and it'll have a GAA field or a pitch um, for the sport, which it did. So it looks as if it's kind of big, but it's it's really not. But the pubs are definitely important. Um, but I grew up on a small farm, and it was mixed farm, so we didn't have any of those major pressures once the summertime came that I had to be out, you know, helping really on the farm. But we would stand and direct sheep or move cattle or whatever it was. And honestly, it was it was really really the best way I could possibly think of of growing up because you're outside in the middle of nowhere um you know I'm not, I wasn't even close to a road and it was just lovely to be on the countryside and I didn't know any difference and I know you were saying you grew up in the city and I don't know any different either so it, it was a big change to move over here but I've always worked in tourism so Ireland is you know a, a very much dependent especially on the west on tourism heavily dependent on tourism um so they're you know from um, our house was attached to my, let's say, my dad's home house where he was born. That's where my parents built their house. So we rented that out to tourists every year for a week at a time. That was my first introduction to people who are from a foreign country. And you'd bring them out scones and you'd get to know them and they'd have kids. And then, you know, worked in various different tourist um, industries, just small ones that were near my house. So Isle of Cave. The iconic cliffs of Moher, which a lot of people would have heard of, and you'll 100% recognize it when you see the picture. And then from there, as most young people do, you don't know what you want to do in college, but it seemed like a good idea at the time to do an arts degree, um, which is a very general degree. Um, but I love geography. So the Burren National Park um, is also where I'm from. It's my home and my, my father does tours there and has for many years. Um, so it's a real barren landscape and, you know, you have Arctic flowers that grow in May and it's just a really unique landscape. So I just thought, you know, geography is a great one. Um, and then I paired it with media. So then I suppose after that, I had gotten the bug for travel um, and I really wanted to go somewhere. And I had been to the States just outside, ooh, it was in Maryland. 
uh, for six months doing a semester abroad in my third year. You can go abroad. So my first bit of the semester, I went to Africa, to Ghana for three months. And then I went to the States. And then we said, where would we go? Well, New Zealand is too far away. It takes a day and a half to get there. Canada has six and a half hour flight. Perfect. So that's kind of how we, we chose Canada essentially that way, or it chose us. And we have become permanent residents since last October. So it's it's all very, very positive and very enjoyable. And we just, we love it here. Absolutely. I'm glad you chose Canada. We we like to welcome you here. And uh, again, as uh, I said to you earlier in our in our brief discussion before we started the podcast, is I'm Irish background, seven generations. My ancestors left Northern Ireland before the potato famine, and their idea was a better world for mm-hmm. their children. Um. The first relative that came over was actually he was brought over by the British military to help them with the Finians who were wreaking havoc on anything British because they hated the British here in Canada at the time. So uh, my relative was brought here, a single man, um, came here. He loved what he saw, but he went back to Ireland when he was done. And later on, he decided to come back, and he settled in Quebec City. And as the family grew up, they moved further in towards Toronto, so first settling in Montreal and then uh, to Toronto. So I have quite the Irish background, and I've been doing my family research, but I also find out I have a great Scottish background as well, mm-hmm. and a little bit English. So it really crushed me a little bit, because I always tell everybody I'm 100% Irish, but they said, you live in Canada. I said, but my ancestors were Irish, but then I find out they're a little bit Irish and a little bit more Scottish, but I still love Ireland. I'm glad you chose this beautiful country. You're here with Royal Irish Tours to help people within the industry, I believe, um, to like the travel agents and travel companies and, and able to promote everything Ireland, uh, mm-hmm. the tours that your company provides. Mm-hmm. But like you said, almost everywhere you go, there's a pub. And uh, mm-hmm. I can vouch for that. I was in a little town called uh, Agram in the Wicklow Mountains. And I know there was almost side by side, I think there were two or three pubs. And one thing I like about the Irish people is whenever there's a celebration, whatever it is, they don't celebrate at home. Everybody goes to the pub, whether it be a christening, a graduation. I know when I was there uh, in in uh, Agram, one of the uh, cousins was the referee of a, a hurley game, and it was two teams from outside that town coming in to play for the championship. The whole town there was to root on the referee and not the players. <laughs> so when the game was over, the two teams went their own way, and everybody marched down towards the pub, which is only maybe 10 minutes away from the field. But uh, we had a great time there. So. What are some of the highlights of Ireland that you can recommend to our our listeners? Because it is a beautiful country. It is. And I loved hearing your background there. I mean, honestly, and I I didn't didn't mention it a a little bit when you were in the middle of it because I was so kind of in in thrown into your story that I could picture your ancestor coming over and everything. And you're just so lucky that you were able to trace that route. I mean, huge the amount of people that really have that tie to Ireland and they have ancestors there and they know their ancestors are from there and that can be a main reason why people want to travel there but then you go okay I know my people are from there where do I go like it's very very difficult if you don't have people to ask if you don't have any documents if you've nothing to go on 
so like a lot of people go for the scenery and you know there's so many different things to say but just on the ancestry there are a couple of different places that if anybody has some ancestors that they're you know they only know a little bit about um, there are a number of different places so the Titanic Centre in Belfast which would be the, the biggest point of call for people from Northern Ireland which is probably where maybe your ancestors came from um, there's also an epic museum which is an immigration museum in Dublin so that's another place and then also there is um, a Titanic Centre in Cove in County Cork so if you're looking at the map of Ireland you're going from right to top top uh, east portion right right down to the very end and then there's all small heritage sites or heritage um, centers I should say and local libraries that will be able to help you so if there's anybody thinking I'd love to go but I don't know where to start with my ancestry that would be where I would advise a good start but then you know a lot of people come to Ireland obviously it's very very green they say we have the 40 shades of green there which uh we do um i know you had said randall that you didn't get any rain in your two weeks which is you know i can guarantee almost that you won't get uh, that again because generally you get four seasons in one day i mean what time of the year i can't remember what time of the year you went was it would have, been, would have been there in uh September, so it was the probably the second week, second or third week of September. Mm -hmm. And they say that September was nice because kids go back to school. So we used to have a rainy summer, and then as soon as you go back to school, the start of September, that's when the weather got good. Uh, I got it, you know, it improved, and that is that is true. Obviously, you got two lovely weeks. But Ireland is really a small little country. Um, you can either see the north or the south in one week. I wouldn't say try and do the whole thing in a week. Um, you can certainly drive it top to bottom. It's probably only maybe five and a half hours drive. Uh, we don't have like a big, big highway that you see here in North America. Um, and then from east to west is probably maybe three and a half hours as well. So really, it's a small place. Um, but I mean, you're not going to be there and sitting in a car. You want to get out and experience that Atlantic sea air. And we've got wonderful sea cliffs. So really how Ireland is broken off. Um, so if you're, you know, you don't have any ancestry or even if you do and you're thinking, right, I want to go, Ireland is split up into four major tourist areas. So you'll see everywhere you go, you know, you have the Wild Atlantic Way, which is all along the west coast of Ireland. So it's a 2,500 kilometer driving route and that'll be the, the largest driving route in Europe. Um, gorgeous sea cliffs, beaches, really unique spots and totally out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and that's where you're going to meet all the locals telling you go down to the beach now at this hour of the day or go here when you're not going to meet anybody. So that would be the Wild Atlantic Way all the way from the north down. Then you have Ireland's ancient east, which is, you know, full and full of history. Um, so Waterford would have been the first town or, or city in Ireland um, invaded by the Vikings and set up there. So there's lots of castles and I mean, castles that date back to the 6th uh, or to the 11th century, I should say. Um, so, you know, a vast amount of history and maybe you have a castle that has your name, maybe it's your ancestor's castle. Um, and then the Causeway Coastal Route is up in Northern Ireland. So that would be all along up as far as the Giant's Causeway from Belfast to Derry. Um, they did introduce a new um, hidden heartlands. So that would be kind of right in the middle of Ireland, loads of lakes um, and people can go out boating and fishing and things like that. So those are the areas that are how they're split up. And that's what you're going to want to plan your trip around and really you know with our company Royal Irish Tours what I love about it and the reason I kind of was drawn towards them is our owner he's actually from Dublin himself so when he moved to Canada 
and he set up Royal Irish Tours 21 years ago. You know, we, we've curated and put together these itineraries with an office that we have in Dublin. So what makes us excited as, you know, Irish and who have ancestors there, we've put them into tours and anything can be customised as well. So really, you can come and tell us, I've no idea what I want. Help me. And there's many travel agents all across Canada and the US that would be able to help or, you know, yourself. And we can also help with that. So it's, it's very exciting planning a trip anywhere. Um, especially during the pandemic, but also to Ireland, uh, being an Irish lady from there, it it really does just make me want to go in the car with you or on the coach, wherever you're going. I want to go on the trip every time I plan one. <laughs> one thing I'd like to recommend to my listeners is if you're doing the west coast of Ireland is stop in Doolin. They say it's the birthplace of music. Mm-hmm. And I know when we stopped there, and I don't know if it was set up just on our behalf, but we went into the pub. And one person started playing an instrument, then another person, another person, and there was singing, then there was dancing. Next thing you know, this little pub was full of people. We couldn't move, but it was a beautiful thing to witness. So if you are looking at going to Ireland and doing the West Coast, I always recommend Doolin because to me, when I went there, that was, other than the cliffs, the cliffs of Mohair are very spectacular. I think they're about, 400 feet high from the ocean floor and it just you know when you look across you go if i keep on going Mm -hmm. i'm going to hit north america so i can understand my ancestors maybe just saying hey what's across this water let's go there Mm -hmm. as we and um, i just wanted to say on doolin you are so right and it, it wasn't set up for you because they do it and it seems like it is because honestly it's kind of in the it's it's really a a small place if you go across the bridge and it has um the woolen mills and you can take a ferry to go to the iron islands as well um which i would highly recommend that too it's, it's a guelph area where they only speak irish um so mostly along the west coast and a bit on the south they they today just speak irish um but in doolan there's two pubs that i recommend mcgann's is one and o'connor's is the other and i don't know randall if either of those were where you were maybe o'connor's and jam-packed is right. I mean, you will not be able to move. And you go outside and you say, where did all these people come from, too? Like, where have they come? And it's just, that's what you're going to find in the small rural parts of Ireland or even Temple Bar in Dublin. It just, it really, and it's their day job. Um, I mean, it's not their day job. It's them coming to, you know, meet the, the, the tourists and come after work or, you know, a lot of musicians would come and bring their instrument from wherever they've come from all over the world too and just join in sessions yep. you know tunes you join in you might not know anybody but you just join in and that was a beautiful experience i'd like to also talk about um one of the shows i like and uh maybe i don't know if you watched or not but Bellicus angel it was a good irish show it was filmed in avoca um on the east coast yes, and it, yeah. it was it was a good show um, a little far-fetched, but uh, it was a nice little story. And I got a chance to actually visit the area and see all the little shops. And the thing I like about it is the towns are very, like you can get very small towns mm-hmm. or you can get a big city. The thing I like about the small towns is they're walkable and you can see a lot of things. And there's a lot of history in every town you go into. So it's not like you're going to see the same thing over and over again. Each town is a little different. And I advise you that if you are driving, that you get out and you explore some of these towns because 
They are amazing. And unfortunately, unless you're for, if my listeners are in Canada, as I have listeners around the world, but if you're in Canada, it's very similar to the East Coast. People are very friendly. Get out and explore. Now, where have you traveled other than Ireland? You know, like you were born in Ireland, you've come to Canada. I think you mentioned that you spent some time studying in Maryland. Mm -hmm. Where else have you traveled? So just before that semester that I, I studied in the U.S., um, I went to Ghana for three months. So it was a, most people were doing a study abroad or maybe a work experience if they wanted to become teachers, which a lot of people did in my course. So they would go to schools and I just thought, I've always wanted to volunteer somewhere. Um, and when this opportunity came up where it was somewhere that people have been, you know, going every single year and there's that relationship has been built up there, I thought, perfect. Um, but if, if you can remember, this this was back in 2014. So this was when um, Ebola was kind of really, really prominent. And it was very close to Ghana as well. So I even remember right up to the day before, um, the lady who was organizing said, if you don't want to go, you don't have to. And I was like, oh, I'm going. And also there was nobody else going in the group. I was going by myself. And I said, well, it's not going to stop me. I'm just going to go anyway. Um, I did turn 21 when I was there. So it was a little emotional. But my father came over for the last two weeks. So when when you go on a trip for me I, I will travel by myself and I have for work and I love it and I did it, did it out east in in Canada and I loved it because the people out there as you said are very similar to in Ireland and that's what I loved about it but to be in a in a country like Ghana where you've never been before and um, you know smells are different the heat is different you know not having you know facilities that we have here um it's very very different but I think it's really really re rewarding um, and I don't think everybody can do it either. And I know my mother had said, I can't go over there. Like for her even getting the injections, she couldn't get past that. <laughs> so there are many, many obstacles for people that they can and can't. But that for me really put a turn on my whole direction, on my thought process for my whole life. Um, it really did because, you know, we have so much education over here and we kind of abuse it at times. And I just think it put a, a real positive spin to me as a person now moving forward in my life. And it really was a spectacular place to visit. And the people over there as well are just, you know, really, really nice people and, you know, food and everything. I just, it was, it was a fantastic experience. And then, you know, turn the clock around and being in Ireland, you're able to go to Europe for a weekend. So I definitely recommend if you are going either to Europe and you're stopping in on Ireland or going to Ireland, there's a budget airline. Well, there's two of them, Aer Lingus, but Ryanair is a very, very cheap airline. Um, if you're tall like me, you might have a bit of difficulty. But if you're going for a quick flight, you'll be fine. It's well worth it. So we did um, the Vienna Christmas market. You know, you can go to Budapest. My brother studied there. Gorgeous city. Uh, Rome. Uh, Barcelona, all of these places that are on your doorstep. So if you're going over as far as Europe at all, I would highly recommend going for at least the two weeks and spend some time in Ireland and spend some time in Europe. So I have kind of seen a lot of the world. I, I was in Australia for three weeks when I was um, 12, but I can still remember if any, any listeners have been there, maybe you have as well, down in Phillip Island. I just can remember these little penguins flying out of the sea, which to me was bizarre when I was 12. I said, I thought penguins only were somewhere where it was cold I didn't know that they were coming from the sea and I just 
oh, I can't wait to to be a you know a, a mother myself and bring all of my bring my kids on these experiences. And I just think you can learn so much from traveling if you can do it. And it doesn't obviously have to be once once a year either. And that's not what my parents did. People would go. Um, you know, every traveler is different. That's the thing. And if you you know what you would like or something new, then then 100% go for it. But I do miss my city breaks. <laughs> For anybody listening to this, Ireland is a safe country. Mm-hmm. It's a good place for families. It's a good place for solo travel if you need to do that. But if you just look at Royal Irish Tours, they have some already set up, but they can they can make it the way you want it. Mm-hmm. So it's and I always say go through a travel agent. Um, they will help you through it. They have all the connections. They know what to do. Not so you can't do it on your own. But as we learned from this past year, that uh, sometimes it's best to have somebody there helping you, either trying to get back when the airlines were shutting down, mm-hmm. or if you've already booked a vacation and something happened, they had to cancel it, whatever, then you make sure that you either get a future travel credit or get your, your money back. Just they'll take care of you. So that's why I always recommend using a travel professional. Now, they say you were talking earlier about you travel for education, but I think travel itself is an education. Mm-hmm. We can study geography or history, but to actually get out there and see these places. Would you agree with uh, that travel is a good education? Would you agree with that statement? Oh, 100%. And I learned this probably the not the hard way, but going from living in Ireland as a teenager and then a young adult in my 20s, going to Ghana, which I knew nothing about, Obviously, somebody would do some research, which I did. And when I got there and did, you know, experienced it for three months, I then thought, okay, there's only so much research that you can do. And now, anytime I go somewhere, I'll book my accommodation. You have to book your accommodation. Same when you go to Ireland. You can't really go and wing it. It's just, it's too busy, especially if you're going during high season. But your day-to-day activities, you can really leave it up to who you meet, who you're going to meet in the pub. Who are you going to meet in the cafe or the restaurant or wherever you are? And then you're like, oh, I can't go there because I have this on my list. So I have done away with this, even though I'm a very organized person. But on my trip, there are certain things like when we went to Rome, you want to do the Colosseum. That's on my list. There's certain things that are there. But for somebody, I'm not really a reader either. I would prefer listening to a podcast on something. I think when you hear from other people's experiences on it and when you're there, everybody experiences things different. Something that I went on the same trip as Randall went on might be two completely different things. And that's why it's great that you can just go there and enjoy it yourself. Like I went um, on a, it was my first ever coach tour and I had just finished my fourth year in university. So I graduated and my granny was a retired teacher. And she said to my mother, my mother visits her every day. My mother's also a teacher. And she said to my mother, I'm going to Poland and Nora will come with me. So I said, okay, sure. I'm not going to say no to a trip to Poland. And that obviously, you know, going to Auschwitz, going to, you know, lots and lots of places, you're obviously learning and you're getting the history there. But that's different than being educated on cultures and foods and different ideas, how people are living. You know, they enlighten you in certain notions. It's just, it's amazing. The world is amazing. I just, I can't get over it every day. Every day you meet somebody different and you don't know where it's going to take you. So, yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. Well, now that you're living in Canada, do you have a favorite Irish meal that you miss from home? 
I do get asked this a lot and it's funny because I'm a well I'm vegan and I was vegetarian for years but I still to this day really really crave a traditional Irish breakfast so you know anywhere you go you're you're thinking okay it's breakfast time and people might not be a breakfast person but in Ireland you have your sausages you have bacon rashers you have eggs you have hash browns you have beans you have mushrooms you have your toast maybe soda bread then you will also get your porridge which in Ireland in a lot of places especially four and a half and five star places um, they give you a little bit of whiskey in your in your oatmeal in your porridge which is a nice set to the, the start of the day too but you can get your continental as well so I really miss those full Irish breakfasts and the food that's the thing the food in Ireland um, it's a very very high standard a lot of people don't know that the majority of the food is actually organic um, it's not put on menus or anything it's just kind of the way farming is done in Ireland so um, everybody focuses really on a, a farm to fork initiative so everything is sourced within a 20 mile radius of where you're sitting and you're reading a menu and it says the cheese is from Joe down the road and the meat is from up there and it's it's very very fresh very tender meat cheeses and ice creams are just you know we don't import we do import a lot of things as well of course but there are small little places all around Ireland where you'll be like that was the best fish and chips ever and people will come back year after year to the same place and you know there now you can buy cheeses here in North America you know the Dubliner cheese is a big one I really really miss my cheese um fish is so fresh there's different seaweeds so really the food and it's often the reason why people actually come back it might not be the reason people go but it definitely is the reason people go go back but i'm telling you if you have a traditional irish breakfast you're set for the day you mightn't even need lunch and it doesn't matter what trip you go on with us there's always breakfast included because it really sets you up for the day as a Person who's visited Ireland, I can uh, honestly say that, yes, you start off the day with a beautiful breakfast. Visiting family there, I woke up in the morning and just relaxing, talking with the, the adults or actually spending time with the children because I was really interested in listening to them. But then being invited into the kitchen to this full breakfast, and it was like, that's more food than I eat in a whole day. Yeah. But it was there. And then and then on top of that, especially we would go out and we'd do something in the neighborhood, even go for a drive. Then we'd come back and it'd be maybe 12, 30, 1 o'clock, and there'd mm -hmm. be another meal. And I'm thinking, where am I going to put this? We don't want you to be hungry. But the thing I liked about it was mm -hmm. where we were and our cousins, the way they operated was there was no dinner because we'd be at the pub. Mm-hmm. So me not being a drinker, which is, you know, they were quite surprised, a Canadian not a drinker, but I had uh, lots of bowls of peanuts. Mm -hmm. And uh, on the way home, across the street from the pub was a place to get great fish and chips. So we did that. The, I think we were there three nights in, in, in uh, Agram. So we go to the pub. After the pub, we go get our fish and chips and go home. But, you know, you wake up in the morning, you're going to get a full Irish breakfast, and that would keep you going for the day. So I agree 100% with that. Mm -hmm. And I know even being at a hotel, we were at a hotel in Galway and going for breakfast. That's the same thing we experienced. So it's not just in people's homes. It's also in the hotels. Mm -hmm. And they will make sure that you are fed so you're not hungry. You don't have to stop for lunch if you don't want to. But uh, one thing I want to say, too, is uh, one of my experiences in, in Ireland, 
was uh, in Dublin, the Kilmainham Jail, I think it's called. Yeah, Kilmainham Jail, yeah. And we toured that, and I, I don't know if it's me. Well, I, I talked to my wife, and she sort of had the same experience, is walking in there, um, knowing that one time that uh, adults and children were in that prison, we had this feeling that they were still there, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's the only place in, in Ireland that I felt that way, where the people had a story, and the story wasn't told, and they were trying to sort of maybe try to tell us that. But there are a lot of historic places throughout Ireland, and I know with Royal Irish Tours, they have so many different plans there so you can get around and see those. I didn't get to kiss the Barney, so that's one thing I have to go back to Ireland and do. But um, push on that, Randall, you only kiss the Blarney Stone to get the gift of the gab, which means you can talk. And I already know that you have the gift of the gab because you're Irish, so you don't feel like you need to have to do it. If there's anyone who feels they need that gift of the gab, but if you're Irish, you don't need to. I haven't either. You don't need to. You have it. Well, they say the same thing about uh, everybody saying, are you going out for uh, to celebrate St. Patrick's Day? I said, no, I have, you guys can have this day. I have 364 days I can celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> you get better outside of Ireland, though, I must say. Now, is there anything that you're current, I know with the pandemic and the borders being closed, but as we see the vaccine being rolled out in many countries, and there are some countries that are still needing help, but uh, we do see the light at the end of the tunnel. I know in, in I think in England and Ireland and Scotland, they're starting to open up a little bit. And uh, yeah. is there anything you're currently working on or anything that you would like to, our listeners to know about um, what's going to be happening in the future? Well, what we've been seeing an awful lot of, and you are right, things are, are beginning to open up over there. Um, the one good, I mean, there's there's been a few and there's been lots of negatives because of the pandemic as well. But everybody um, now has to pre-book their attractions. So you can imagine middle of the summer, drive into the cliffs of Moher or somewhere similar. There's 50 coaches outside. There's 100 cars and everyone's waiting to get into the same place. Even Isla Wee Cave that we spoke about, you know, what if everybody arrives at the same time and then a coach arrives as well? Like if you have your pre-booked time which we, we always kind of pre-booked anyway, but especially now on driving holidays as well. So if you booked a chauffeur drive with us, everything is pre-booked, um, but you do have the luxury then to say, okay, it's a stunning, beautiful, sunny day, which you might get uh, maybe half the time you're there and you want to stay longer at the beach, you can do that. You have the luxury to do that. If you're driving yourself, you also have things pre-booked. You can, you know, as much as I said myself, I want to go out and enjoy things and see who I meet. There are certain things that you're going to want to pre-book if you're going in high season. Um, the good thing about attractions in Ireland and hotels as well is they don't really close down. Um, they don't have just a season. Maybe we did 20 or 30 years ago. Um, we really only close on, let's say, Christmas Day, maybe New Year's Day, and that's about it. So, there, you know, Ireland is there for you for any time of the year. Also with that, um, we offer so many different products that you know if you don't want to go on a coach tour if you want to go on a smaller coach tour if you want to drive if you want to be driven if you want to go by rail if you want to do day trips out of Dublin city or out of Belfast um, or if you have a you know a family group that are traveling or maybe you're all singers or you're whatever the case is everything can be curated to you and things can be pre-booked and, and really planned for you 
Um, so I definitely think those kind of smaller off the beaten track areas and it's such a it's such an outdoor country. Um, same with Scotland and, and parts of England and Wales. Um, they're really, really outdoor places, but also you have the cities. And as you said, Randall, they are very much walkable cities. So even at the likes of Dublin and Belfast, which are a little bigger, um, we would recommend, you know, not bringing the car into Dublin City itself and taking the public transport. It's fantastic. Um, a hop on hop off bus ticket purely to be brought around and see the sights is always a great way if you're only there for a short period of time to find out what maybe might interest you and, and what you might like to see. Um, so those kind of things are really exciting for next year and hopefully at the, the end of this year people will be able to get to Ireland and the UK. Um, the UK is definitely faster with the vaccine rollout. Um, which is funny because their cases back at the start of the pandemic were one of the highest countries in the world, yet we're looking at them now as we need to be more like them with the rollout of the vaccine. Um, Ireland is getting there as well. So Northern Ireland is part of the UK. Everyone there is almost fully vaccinated, but they have started to reopen and shops open today. You still have to sit outside to eat, but that's further along than we are here in Ontario. So it's very positive that we can look towards that side across the pond and it's moving towards us so we'll be there soon um, in the same position as they are and I think everybody is just ready to go and ready to experience the outdoors and the people and if you can imagine the people in Ireland were friendly before this what are they going to be like now because they haven't met any tourists and we we all thrive off each other's experiences and, and and you know people always ask us in Ireland oh do you know this person he's from Clare and you know to, to somebody else that might seem like a bizarre question but the chances are we probably do or in my case I'm probably related to them because I'm related to everybody so it just it, it is really really wonderful and I can't wait for all of your listeners to get there or start planning a trip or reminisce about places you've been before um it's a really a place for for everyone kids adults you know, outdoor people, city people, there's something for everybody there. Well, on that, I want to thank you for taking the time out this afternoon and having this discussion about Ireland, yourself, your story, and the idea that we are going to reopen. Travel will, will I call it reboot. Mm -hmm. It will be better. And I know companies like Royal Irish Tours have the best interest of their passengers at heart. We can start booking now. Looking for, you know, if you don't want to go 2021, look at 2022, look at 2023. Start it now. I know for us specifically, both uh, Orla and myself, who are in the greater Toronto area, we've probably been in lockdown the longest in North America. And we are suffering cabin fever. I know when things are lifted, I will be touring, starting first domestically, and then going abroad. Because again, as I mentioned earlier, I have family in both England and Ireland. And it's sad we we haven't been to see them. And we have plans. They have plans. And my sister-in-law have plans of getting married and because of the pandemic that was put off, but they've decided now that things are opening up a bit, they're going to do a civil ceremony rather than a big wedding. Mm -hmm. So uh, 
least we'll be invited to the party when they have a big party, probably in 2023. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for coming on here because again, we're trying to keep the dream of travel alive as we get, everyone gets vaccinated and we have to help all the countries. So I know Canada being called upon to help uh, people know that there are some issues in some countries like Nepal and India right now where they need the vaccine. So as we get the world vaccinated, we get this virus under control. We can all look forward to travel. And one of the places I want to travel, and I hope you do too, is a beautiful country of Ireland. There's so much to see, so much to do. Lovely people there. Their hearts are warm. They'll give you the shirt off their back or food off their table, which I've I've witnessed, so <laughs> I can say that. Yeah. So, again, thank you. Is there any last words you'd like to pose before we call it off today? And just thank you so much for, for you know, setting this up with me and for anybody who is listening. Thank you for tuning in. And I really hope it put a smile on your face thinking of those places that you want to go or you have seen or those funny stories where the sheep run in front of your car and you got delayed or whatever it is. I know for a fact you will have a great experience or you have had a great experience in Ireland and we'll be, we'll be there soon. And I look forward to helping anybody who needs, needs help or advice um, on anything Irish, because, you know, being from there, I can definitely give you the best advice. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you. Looking for more travel inspiration? Why not head over to Amazon and search the host Randall McEwen that is Randall with two L's, last name M-C-K-E-O-W-N and his books, A September to Remember, A Story of Survival While Traveling England, France and Ireland and Having His Passport Stolen in France, Losing His Luggage on His Way from London to Dublin and Then Being Away in Ireland During the Attacks of 9-11. Or check out Gonzalo Guerrero, Travel Insights with Randall McEwen as he explores beautiful Cancun, Mexico and the wonderful hospitality of Antigua and Barbuda. Both books available on Amazon. Thank you for listening to Passports and Postcards. Give us a 5-star rating, a great review and subscribe or follow. If you would like to be a guest on the show then send a message to the host Randall McEwen at randall.mckeown at podvault.ca. Never stop dreaming about travel.